Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. We're getting closer and closer and closer to finishing out October and our Halloween uh, special month. But I want it to go forever. Oh, well, it can't go forever. That's Because we would, even if we did them all, we'd run out eventually. That's true. We're doing Halloween, the Michael Myers franchise this month. We've hit Halloween 1. We've hit Halloween 3. We've hit Halloween H2O, and this week we're hitting Rob Zombie's 2007 remake, which is also just called Halloween. How weird is it that this is the third movie in the franchise just called Halloween? You know what? I was looking at the, so the one that just came out. Halloween? It's also called Halloween, and I feel like that's not cool if it's, because it's supposed to be a sequel, but like, yeah. But you can't call it Halloween 2. No. 40 years later, that'd be crazy. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just seems like an odd title for this one, the most recent one to have, considering it's not a reboot. Or it's not a remake, but it's still got the same title as the original. It just seems odd for it to be a sequel. I read somewhere at one point that they they considered calling it Halloween H four O. That would have been funny. That would have been funny. I don't. Right? Think, I think that would have turned people off though. Anyway, that's a conversation for next week when we cover the brand new Halloween. This week, like I said, is about Rob Zombie's attempt to reimagine Michael Myers' origin story by filling out. Uh, the story with some details that we never previously knew before. This movie came out, uh, gosh, what would that be? 30? You know, I know that, but like 30 years after, give or take? Yeah, almost 38. Almost 38 years. This is the first movie to come out since Halloween Resurrection in the early 2000s, which uh, really put a damper on the franchise. A lot of people didn't like it, especially fans. It did not perform very well. They did a lot of things that people didn't like. So they put Halloween to bed for a while before giving it to Rob Zombie to make his, put his own stake on it. This one gives us Michael Myers' childhood. We see a little bit more than we're used to. You know, in that very first original John Carpenter movie, we only see Michael as a child for maybe five minutes when he kills his older sister and her boyfriend. This time we see a little bit of build-up to that. We see how he's treated by his classmates, by his family, um, how his life is tough and we kind of get a glimpse into what makes him into the monster he becomes until later. We fast forward to 15 years later where he does his famous um, serial killing spree through Haddonfield, Illinois. That's about all I can say. Yeah. Because once it, once, once it gets to Haddonfield, yeah. it's a worse version of the same movie. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, once it gets to the opening of the movie, it's a worse version of the same movie. Nah, because the first hour is a different movie. It is, but that don't make it better. No, but I'm saying once the second starts, it's just watching Halloween again, but if it were bad. I called the second half an SNL reboot because it was like, they tried to recreate so many similar pieces, but they didn't string it well in a good story, so it was like, here's a short version of the same thing you saw in 1978. Here's a short version of the thing you saw in 1978. And we're putting them in the same order, but like not giving you a story. So it's like skit version of this, skit version of this, skit version of this. Here's some original stuff and then the skit version of this. I, it just, ah, boof. It's the only thing I got for it. It's just woof. It's really bad. It's, it sucks. It's, it's uh, go ahead. The end. And yeah, I mean, the <laughs> end of the podcast. It was just, you know, I said, after the first one that I had some questions as far as like Michael Meyer but I didn't need to know his backstory most of it was most of my questions came from like you know is people saying that he was so evil and and he was but for me he was like also trying to recreate the murder of his sister when it came to Lori 
Um, and I was like, what did she do? Like, why does he have such hatred towards his sister? That was really the only question that I had. I didn't need to know his backstory. And this movie tried to both make me realize how evil Michael Myers was, but also make me sympathetic for it. And you can't give me evil and sympathy. Like, you can't have both hands full. So he would try to... You, you would see that he murdered a, a rat, a pet rat that he had. He had, like, picked it up and was loving on it, and then he was washing the knife and his, the blood's off his hands in the first part of this movie. So you're like, okay, this is generally connected to serial killer mindset, as we've learned over the years. We didn't really know that in 1978, but we know it now. And then it was like, oh, but he also gets beat up, and he gets picked on, and everybody's mean to him, and you gotta feel bad for Michael Myers, but he's also exhibiting serial killer traits. Like, yeah. I don't feel bad for serial killers. I don't I don't feel bad for serial killers, but you're trying to humanize it, and it just was this weird, convoluted thing, and I didn't... I That's the problem with giving Michael a backstory. That's why you can't do it. You can't give him a backstory. Um, I would hope that anyone who watched the original one and, and thought, man, I wish I knew more about Michael, would watch this one and realize, oh, so no, I don't. I don't need to know any more about Michael. Because you cannot explain his evil. You can't do it. Once you try to explain why he's evil, you have to do things that trigger his evil, and that's going to make you attempt to sympathize with him, but you can't and you shouldn't. No. No. Uh, I just... <clears throat> every 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 time anyone tries to explain his backstory, it only weakens his character. Yeah, if you want him to, like... It makes him less scary, less intimidating, just bad. If you want him to be evil, you can't... Like you have to accept that he is evil. Yeah. That's it. And he he should have no feelings. That that is like evil. In this one he got picked on and he reacted to being picked on to an extent. Like he again, there was something wrong with him as a kid. You kn you knew this. But it was like he can't just be evil if he's also having these emotions and feeling these way. Like he should be deadpan crazy like there were people throughout this movie that i thought would be better apt to be considered evil the the bully that michael myers had as a kid that kid seemed like he was evil because he was just beating up people he had no remorse for anything and he was like whatever man whatever and then later on when michael myers was an adult and he was in his room and those two redneck people came in and busted in and that whole scene with the female patient, those people are the crazy serial killer with no emotions and evil. But also Michael Myers is, even though he wasn't, I don't know, it was just this weird, everyone was an awful person and could be a serial killer and had... These things that, I don't know, it yeah, was just, when, it was so, such a mixed message of like, these people are evil and bad, and so I'm okay with them dying because they're, they're awful, awful people, but like, Michael Myers is the crazy one, and he shouldn't be killing them? I don't know, it was weird. Yeah, the ultimate issue is the world that Zombie created is a world where everyone seems to be ba a bad person. Yeah. Everything is a bad situation. And so Michael doesn't seem any worse than the rest. When he's a kid and he, like, kills his rat and all that, honestly, based on the environment around him, that did not seem that out of character. 
It didn't seem weird. It didn't make him seem like he was a freak. It didn't make him seem like he had serial killer tendencies because that seemed like something that just every kid in that world does. Yeah, at that moment. And I didn't believe that he was, I didn't believe that he was weird. He and his mother, out of that whole family, seemed like the most normal, I guess. I don't know. The mom seemed fine, other than that she had shitty taste in men. Um, But Ronnie was just a garbage person who didn't contribute anything. And I can't, like, I understand, you know, there are people in the world that, like, are in relationships for whatever reason. But, like, the mom didn't seem like she loved him. He was a freeloading son of a bitch. He didn't work. He didn't do anything. He's like, kick his ass to the curb. You don't even seem like you like him that much. Why is he staying in the house? He's commenting on your daughter's body, which is creepy. Yes. And he's calling your kid gay. Like, as an insult. That's just, he's just garbage the daughter seemed like she's gone through some like a she seemed like a daughter who was grew up in a unstable home which she was and acted rebellious and whatnot but michael just seemed like a kid who was trying to make the best of a bad situation and acting like a kid who was in a bad house i don't know it just the whole thing the whole setup of the backstory didn't work you can't make me feel sympathy for for someone who's supposed to be evil while making me also want them to be evil. It's, I hate that this... You got any, I was quiet because you have spoken almost zero this whole time. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is that you guys have pretty much covered everything I was going to say. But the only thing I was going to say is, is that um, <clears throat> the... To create a character that is of pure evil, I think you need to leave a backstory out. Agreed. I don't think you need to have the backstory... I found the backstory here to be very, it's like monotonous, and it's also, it's not boring per se, but it's just like... No, it's, I would say it's boring. I mean, it was just, it, it didn't, I didn't get anything out of it. No. I, I mean, we know that Michael is crazy, let's just leave it at that. If right. he's evil, let's just leave it at that. He's in, he's in a mental institution. How they set it up in the first movie is, how they set it up in the first movie is amazing, they just they talked about him in the third person, and then whenever you saw him and he committed the murders, it's like, oh my god, he's actually crazy. It's just like when you think about uh, the Joker from The Dark Knight. You don't know anything about it, about his backstory. In fact, whenever he tries to explain it, he keeps telling different stories, so you don't know which one to believe. That's a great character build. Uh, it's going to sound a little ridiculous, but. The oh, shark, goodness. the shark in Jaws, the shark in Jaws. Don't know where that it comes you never from. actually see. That you never actually see. He's out there somewhere, and he's going to kill you. Yeah, it's an absolute evil character. And then we have Michael Myers, who is an absolute evil character, and here they're trying to, they're trying to build something off of it. And I just, this movie in particular, was I feel like was written by a 17-year-old <laughs> that was bored on a Saturday afternoon. It was just like, I could do this better. And sure enough, it this person failed. Yeah. To show a character becoming evil, you have to have them start out as at, at minimum neutral, good or neutral. Mm-hmm. And to have that moment where you see the change from good to evil puts a little seed of sympathy in your brain that you cannot have for this character. Especially for a slasher film. 
because it takes a lot of the fear out of him, mm-hmm. at least for me. Well, and so I think there was a moment where all of this sympathy that you had towards him could have been washed away, and then they didn't do it. So <clears throat> whenever the, the switch clicked in young Michael's brain, and he was sitting there eating candy corn at the table, and then all of the sudden he got up and he got the duct tape and he got the knife and he went and he duct taped the Ronnie character to the chair and slit his throat and he had the mask on and then he went upstairs or and he, he killed the boyfriend, however, he beat him to death with a baseball bat wearing the mask and then he went upstairs and messed with his sister and stabbed her a bunch of times. That moment legitimately made me uncomfortable because it was this 10-year-old boy. The mask was creepy. He was no remorse doing these things. And that's the moment where that switch could have clicked and he could have become really evil. But then they took him to the mental institution and Loomis came in and was talking to him about it. And it was like... It, they tried to make it to where he forgot everything because they he was talking to his mom about like how is everybody at home or I didn't do those things I don't I don't remember like he went into this zone of murderous rage and then came back out of it which again sets up a mental problem which is supposed to give you sympathy towards him mm-hmm. and then it continues with like. Danny Trejo's character, the the guard in the mental institution, trying to connect with him. And Loomis is calling him an angelic boy who, you know, did all of these things. The mother keeps coming and visiting his her son who murdered her entire family and then murders the nurse. And it's just, it could have been a moment where as he was murdering those people, that's the moment where the evil happened and he could have been this quiet kid turned off from the world, didn't speak, with a mom would still try to come visit, and he had no connection, no ties, but they still tried to give you that. And then again, they had the redneck, shitty guard characters who who seemed worse than adult Michael Myers. So mm-hmm. they, they would try, and then they'd take it back, and then they'd try, and then they'd take it back. Until the very end, whenever he was going after Lori and her friends and murdering all these people, then it was another, like, okay, here's a serial killer, here's evil. But then, when he finally got his hands on Lori, they tried to take it back again and make it seem like he was trying to find her to reconnect with who he was as a kid. He showed her that picture, he didn't seem to want to murder her, Mm -hmm. but was murder. I don't know. Again, it was just take and give and take and give. And it, it just, yeah. they had moments where I could have gotten past the backstory and been like, he is evil. But they took it back. There's, so, there's only two things I could take away from this movie that I, that I kind of, kind of liked. And that's a very big kind of. Um, I liked Malcolm McDowell's character, the doctor. Mm-hmm. I think the doctor tried to help him. And kudos on him. And he was good all the way up until the very end because I was expecting a twist there for some for some reason. And, and sure enough, he wasn't. So he was trying to help out. Good for him. The other thing is, there's a there's a really, I think, 
a cool cinematic moment, and that was when Michael Myers, when he was a little boy, was taken out of the house, and he was and he was in the car, and it's like everybody was everybody was just freeze framed, and they did that they did that cam- they did that camera pan with every with all the cops working the paramedics, and you just see Michael Myers right there in the back seat of the car, and he just looks right over at the camera. I love that. Oh, see, I hated it. See, I, I love that. I, I didn't want him to look at the camera. I didn't want him to acknowledge me. I thought it took me out of it, and I was like, ugh. See, I think I wrote in my notes. You were still in it? Uh, well, I mean, I, it took me even more out of it, because I wrote, oh, when Michael Myers looked at the camera, gross. Because it's just a stereotype. I, like, I know it's a stereotype, ugh. but I just, I Please like share. how, it, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I, I know how it's like, it's just set up to be that way. <clears throat> But I loved it. I loved how that just worked. That's the only thing I'll say about it. And the third thing I loved about it is when it ended. <laughs> yeah, that was a good part. Yeah. Um. So I, I tried to go into it without... I went into it with like a fresh mind of like, I'm not going to compare it to the original. This is something new. Let's try to put it in a perspective of, this is a brand new thing that I've never seen before. It's a reimagining. This is like a whole new world, a whole new era... 2007 is 30 like things have obviously changed obviously you can't fully like wipe your mind of the stuff that you'd seen in the past so you you compare it and you you do whatever but even if i hadn't seen the original one i just don't think that i would have liked this because in 2007 horror movie was not at like its highest peak no and i feel like this was just a trying to bank on what people were wanting to see there were two times where I was legitimately jumped. It was when Michael Myers killed the boyfriend who was wearing the sheet. He kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, it made me jump. And then when he killed Lori's dad, that part scared me because I was completely unexpected. Like, that was the only time where I didn't expect that to happen because you didn't really see much of Lori's parents no. in the fir- in the original one. And so whenever he brutally murdered them, that was kind of a shock. Mm-hmm. But those are the only two times that I was scared. And so I don't even know what genre I'd lump this in because I don't think I'd call it a horror movie. It just, it was too boring. It set up too much. And it didn't, I don't know. It didn't come across as a horror movie. Besides these two other movies, has Rob Zombie done it, done anything else other than the Halloween movies? It's, I mean, it's a slasher movie. He did well. He did House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. But, but I mean, like after this, though, has he Halloween done too? <laughs> I mean, but after Halloween, like the Halloween movies, has he done anything else? Um, he did an episode of CSI Miami. <laughs> the Lord, I'm serious, <laughs> The Lords of Salem. He directed a Tom Papa stand-up special. Weird. For Comedy Central. The Zombie Horror Picture Show, 31, and he has a movie coming out next year called Three from Hell. Hmm. So, no. He kind of, after Halloween 2, kind of went off the mainstream. Well, all of his movies seem to be the same. They They all take place in this trash world where every character is garbage. And there's murder and everybody sucks. I don't know. They just all seem... The same. Yeah. And I think people got sick of it. Oh, I just... I mean... You know, I want to know who decided that that's what people wanted to see. Because 
none of these movies did particularly well with audiences. So who decided they wanted to see all this uh, torture and violence and uh, gratuitous sex and all this? Because I don't see a hit to justify it. Where where did that come from? Where do you think? I don't know. I think... Like, where did the switch happen when people were like, I think this is what audiences wanted? Hmm, I don't know, guys. Well, all the reviews seem to be pretty god-awful. This movie in particular seems like it's taking stereotypes from the slasher movies from the 70s and the 80s. Where So, like, the original Halloween, obviously, was the first, like, slasher movie and set up all these rules that people put in their minds of, like, how things are supposed to work, and they copied it and they copied it. So it has that. It has don't have sex or you die. It has jump scares. It has gore and slasher, which is what not the original Halloween did, but they continued to do afterwards. Then it combines the creepiness of Saw, and Saw, I think, is one that put a lot of, like, torture and gore and things into the mainstream, and it was relatively successful. And that's why it, you know, it spun off Hostel, it spun off, you know, crappy versions of Saw itself, where it just tried to outdo the the gross factor and the, the pain factor. And so I think this movie just seems to have aspects of all of them and no story. That's yeah. the problem, is it's like stereotype or cliche of every single th- movie that people liked the initial versions of and then continued to copy and got worse. So it didn't give anything new. It just took all of the things that had been built up and threw it into a a two-hour movie. Mm. So I think that's maybe what it was, where it was just a copycat of things that people had grown to be familiar with. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. I would kind of assume that that's why Rob Zombie has kind of fallen the wayside as a film director because his particular style was a flash in the pan. Yeah. Where he it only worked because that was what Hollywood pushed out at that time. It's lowbrow. There's no there's very yeah. little original and original originality. You know, his backstory is original. Some of like they changed a few things and threw some stuff in there that was new. But overall everything is just a a trope of what has been done in the past and let's all put it together in one thing with with a okay. subpar story. Okay. Um do we want to try to compare the second half to the original? So, I mean as far as like Lori and Annie and all of the friends and and things like that, you I, didn't like I mean there's little to, to compare because it's the it's like I said in the beginning a worse version of the same thing. I I thought Scout Taylor Compton did a good job as an actress. Um, I thought she did well with what she had. I did not like the changes to the Lori character. Um, I just found her a lot less likable in this one than the original. I I had a different take. I didn't like it. But I feel like it was a more modern take on a teenager of what they would be now or like perceived as. So they had that weird relationship with the family it was more okay to talk about 
sex in general. Not like with your family. That's still weird to me. But like, yeah, I don't know, know that uh, teenage girls are doing that. But they would do it with I'm their friends, and they would be more open about it. And the way they acted seemed very like modern teenagery rather than. That's how they were in the first one, though. They were fine with it amongst their friends. Yeah, I guess Mem- that's true. I mean, maybe it was just a little had, more. Yeah, one your face. friend had called Lori, and she thought that she was yeah she was dying. You know, the moans and all that. That's mm-hmm. true. So I don't know. I didn't have I. St- I thought Lori was fine. She was just like a teenager. I didn't care for the changes. It wasn't the same. But I didn't have a problem with it. I still liked her more than every other character in the movie. I guess. I'm gonna, I didn't care about her at all. The only thing I'm going to say is that the doctor was fun. The doctor was my favorite character. And I really think that's only because Malcolm McDowell is He's so much better than this actor. movie. So much better. Um, he's also the only recognizable person in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. The the only other person I remember. No one even really went on to have big careers after it. I mean, like, uh, the only other person I remember was that piece of shit dad in the very beginning, or that boyfriend in the very <laughs> beginning. Yeah, the that stepdad. was yeah William Forsyth. Yeah, I, I recognized who that was, and the sister apparently was. Uh, Small Jenny Young from Jenny and Forrest Gump. From Forrest yeah. Gump. I well, didn't know, I didn't realize that till after the movie was over. The truck driver that Michael Myers killed at the at, as the adult was Keenan Thompson's dad and Keenan and Kel. Come on, you didn't recognize that? I haven't seen from Keenan that Nickelodeon Kel. stuff. It's not ingrained in your mind it is as not. a child. Oh, it come on, I couldn't even picture him. I love what? Keenan and Kel, but I don't remember that. Why would I remember the dad of all what? the people on Keenan and Kel? Because Keenan and Kel is an integral part of her childhood. Yeah, Keenan and Kel, not Keenan and Kel and Keenan's dad. <laughs> and, how, and and how could you forget Danny Trio? I always try to forget. <laughs> He's, been he's so fine. Much I'm sure he's a fine person. I don't know much about him. I don't. T- I don't like the kind of films he does, and his role in this was kind of pointless. It was like a glorified cameo. And now that I think about it, Brad Dourif, who is like the sheriff, who the nobody cop. knows who that is. Uh, he's Chucky, the voice of Chucky. He's the voice of Chucky. Nobody Chucky cares. Finster in Rugrats. No, Chucky from uh, Child's Play. Yeah, nobody knows the voice of Chucky. <laughs> They just see it as a doll. Yeah. Sorry. You're welcome. Uh, One thing that I was kind of surprised about with all of the stuff that they created, they didn't really recreate the closet scene, which is what the original Halloween is one of the most, like, infamous scenes. They had a setup to it, but they didn't recreate that, which is weird because they recreated so much else. They had a... They, like, triple faked me out with it because I was like... The kids had been rescued and she was on her own. And I was like, oh, they didn't have a closet scene. And then... Michael Myers grabbed her and took her into the house and she snuck into the closet and I was like oh no they are gonna have it I just they changed the timing and then whenever he broke into the closet she was already out so they did not actually have a very similar like break in kind of closet scene which I thought was strange no but I kind of saw the the bathroom her no her crawling through the insides of the house Mm. as kind of their version of that while he's ripping at the walls and the floors and all that. And she's crawling through it all. Yeah. I don't know. It was just... It just didn't do... Didn't do it. It was a big flop. One of the scenes they recreated that I questioned the, the intentions of was the balcony scene. Where in this, in this film, 
Michael and Lori both go over the edge and fall. Yeah. And that had to have been a deliberate choice, and I want would like to know why. Well, that was... We wanted them both to go. Because that is a... It's a big deal. It's a big deal scene. And yeah. I think without... If they didn't include that scene, we would add some serious problems. But why have them both go over? Yeah. Well, and the most memorable part of that is whenever he vanishes. Yeah. And so he didn't vanish. She ended up blowing his damn head off, so you think. So they lead you to believe. Yeah. You didn't um, see anything, but... It was also kind of a character break, in my opinion, of Michael Myers, because you never see him run in any of these movies. He is always consistently stead- steady walking, and when she was on the balcony, he broke out into a full-on run and tackled her out of the balcony, and that goes against everything that they have set up with Michael Myers, is he doesn't show that kind of raw emotion, I guess, and take off running after people. He just stalks them. And so yeah. that was a that was a weird break from his character. Because I don't think I've ever seen him run in any of these movies. No, really, I don't think he does. No, he's deliberately slow. Yeah. All right, I think I've had enough. Uh, <laughs> let's rate the movie. Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give it a one jack o' lantern. I give it. A rotten jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> one rotten jack-o'-lantern? Two rotten jack-o'-lanterns? A one rotten I guess if they're rotten jack-o'-lanterns, I'd give it a five out of five rotten ones. <laughs> Regular jack-o'-lanterns, I give it one, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it a I'll give it a one two. This movie sucks. What do you think the critics had to say? Twelve. Twelve percent. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a ten. Cool. I know what it is, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna refrain. It was 26. That's sad. And the audience score is 59, which That's... is uh, worse. Yeah, I I mean, pe- there are people who defend it, and I, don't, don't I wish we had okay. someone here who could offer that perspective of why it's good. I can't do it, but I will acknowledge that I know pe- there are people out there who like it. I would love to know why. Hmm. If you liked it, let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. So, because I want to hear why. So, we we mentioned earlier Halloween Resurrection and how much fans hated that one. Yeah. So, I saw, I went, because we're not talking about all of them, we've just picked select ones. I went and watched Halloween Resurrection because of how bad. I think that this is worse than Halloween Resurrection. Okay. As far as a movie. Like, I'm not saying Halloween Resurrection's good, but for some reason, it is better in my opinion than this and maybe it's because i am comparing it to the original as it is a reboot i I don't know but as bad as halloween resurrection was this to me was worse yikes yeah yikes that's bad yeah all right well Next week, we want to talk about box office stuff. Oh, sure. I guess. Just, just I forgot see where about it's that. At, I'm yeah. really trying to get, get over get over this. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween came out the weekend of August 31st, 2007, debuting a number one with 26 million dollars. It went on to make a total of 58 million dollars domestically, 80 million dollars worldwide. Other movies that were out at the box office that week include a favorite of mine, Superbad. 
uh, that is met with silence. Okay. No, no, no. No, I, no comments. No, I was band. reading. Something. All right. Say that again. I, I miss. I misread, <laughs> or I was reading something else at the time. Super bad. Yeah, I do like that one. But you're also missing one else. Balls of Fury. Hey, that's a great movie. It is definitely not. <laughs> but no. better it than is. this Halloween. Uh, that is questionable. Born, that's a great movie. The though. Born Ultimatum. Mm. Rush Hour 3. Hey! Mr. Bean's one. Holiday. Oh, that's your favorite. I cannot stand Boy, this Mr. is Bean. not a great lineup other than Superbad and nope, Born. Nope. Uh, other than Superbad. <laughs> the Nanny Diaries. Death Sentence, War, and Stardust. I do like Stardust. That was an underrated movie. And number 11 was The Simpsons movie. Yes. Yay. Hmm. Yes, it was. Uh, I worked I worked at the movie theater in 2007, so I remember a lot of this. I remember being there for Halloween. Hmm. It was good times. It was good times. How many people did you see dressed up as Michael Myers? I don't remember that. Huh? They don't really let that happen. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's really security. That you can't really go in with masks on. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I saw that uh, AMC specifically said do not come to Halloween in costume for this new one that oh, came wow. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah there's stories about sense. that going around. Um, yeah, that's that's about it for that. It was uh, It came in. It's the highest grossing Halloween movie if you don't include the new one that just came out, a lot of that, though, is just because of how much more recent it is than those older ones when mm. movies made less money generally. If you look at it adjusted for inflation, it's number five in the in the highest grossing Halloween. What movies. is the ranking so far? If you want it adjusted or unadjusted? Uh, the one where it makes it five. The so one where it makes it five is adjusted. Yeah. The highest grossing is Halloween original. The John Carpenter. Yeah. Halloween H2O, Halloween right. 2, Halloween 2018 with its opening weekend haul of $80 million, and then Halloween 2007, and then it goes down from there. I'm okay with that ranking. Yeah. Because this new one's going to surpass it all. Probably. Probably. We're, we'll be talking about Halloween 2018 next week. Hopefully giving you guys a chance to go see it. It will have been out for a full week and, and some change by then. We've already seen it all. I've seen it twice. And I believe If that gives you any kind of inclination of how I feel about it. I went and saw it with you, and the very next day we went and saw it. I've oh. seen, I saw it twice okay. in two days. And you know what? I'd go again. I would go I again. I think I'd go see it again before we record. I, I think I might because it'll help me refresh my memory. Yeah, yeah I'd go see it again. You let me know when you're going to go and I'll go with you. So um, we enjoyed it. Spoiler yeah, alert. The least. We'll get into our full breakdown of it next week after you guys have hopefully seen it. Um, it will be a spoiler, spoiler Yeah, heavy. that's why. Because yeah, so. at first I was like, you know what? I wish we were doing it this week because it's brand new and it just came out. And I was like, nah, if we give it a whole week, we can like give a little bit of spoiler warning and not feel as bad about it because then people will have had two full weekends to see it prior to Halloween actually happening. So be forewarned. There will be spoilers for the next one on our next episode, um, but it's 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 killing it right now. Seventy seven million dollar opening weekend. <laughs> it's killing it. Yeah, it's killing it's it. It's killing it. Uh, uh, but if you don't want us to spoil it, then go see it. It almost we... it almost broke the October record for highest opening weekend, awesome. which was just set a couple weeks ago by Venom. Hmm. So we got two nearly record breaking movies in one month. It's kind of crazy. All right. Anyway. It's good. Go check it out. 
Find us online at facebook.com slash okconnection. Nope. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can. <laughs> what show we am are, I doing? We're a subsidiary. I don't know. Okay <laughs> I, don't know why, I don't know why that entered my brain. Facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. And on Instagram at uh, so many sequels pod. Find us on both of those. And online to listen to it. Apple Podcasts, I, uh, Google Play Music, and Spotify are the, the three big ones. There's also SoundCloud. I forgot about that. So tell your friends about us. Uh, especially going into this movie, we're very excited to talk about a brand new Halloween movie Yay. that has been 40 years in the making and a whole month in the making for us in terms of discussing it. How weird is it that this movie has been, or this franchise has spanned 40 years? Pretty crazy. It is crazy. I read a, a fact that the other day that said that Jamie Lee Curtis has played Laurie Strode in five different decades. Yeah. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's the character she keeps coming back to, even though she 70s, says she wants 80s, 90s, 2000s, oh. and 2010s. Okay, all right. Yeah, five decades. Okay. You were questioning it because of the 40 years, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Uh-huh, math. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll be back next week with Halloween 2018. In the meantime... This movie sucked worse than last week. <laughs> uh, it did. So Many Sequels is hosted and produced by Josh Gammon, Garrett Powders, and Andrew Nichols. Editing was done by me, Josh. Our theme song is by Justin Mayer. Please check us out online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. So Many Sequels is a production of the OK Connection, celebrating the people, music, places, and events of Oklahoma.